Hey there, and welcome to episode 4 of Continuing the Conversation, a podcast group that we have formed on dmtworld.net. Come join us at dmtworld.net. Come join us at Discord. Links are in the show notes. We would love to have you join us. Uh, this conversation was recorded back in May of 2020, shortly after uh, COVID hit the scene and we were all thinking about it and our lives have been turned upside down. This conversation was between Backpack Dan, myself, T-Rex Sephora, Animal Energy, and High AF. I uh, hope you enjoy this one. It's interesting to look back on this past year and where we were when this stuff first started. Now, looking back at it from where we are and what we know now, is uh, it's fun to hear our early reactions to it. So I hope you enjoy them as much as I did re-listening to it. And I hope you come join us at our Discord server. These conversations have been a lot of fun to have over the past year, but the most fun is knowing we're now going to draw new people and have you join us. So, love you. Remember that we're not just all in this together, we are this together. So, beginning of a recording, I guess I should do some weird intro thing, even though we've all been talking for a while. Uh, continuing the conversations. This is just a group chat. Uh, we're going to be hosting every Tuesday around 8-ish tonight. We're, we hit some bumps because, well, I'm a stoner. And my <laughs> system was all fucked up. So, uh, yeah, but that's our goal here. And tonight we were just, I was just wanting to chat about a post-COVID world and just what we all have been thinking about and and guessing at and you know hypothesizing what have what have you guys been thinking that's that's what i wanted to talk about tonight so i'm happy everybody is swung in as you start talking since we are recording for other people to someday listen to or for us to listen back on uh just say your name other than that, let's just keep chatting. Um, hello, welcome. Uh, my name is Backpack Dan, or call me Dan. Hi, Dan. Hello. <laughs> I'm glad you're with us. I am um, glad to be with you in this space as well, brother. Weird. So, uh, what? What's your uh? How's your life been affected by this? Um, I've definitely seen a lot of changes in pulling family together closer, which has been an amazing thing to watch and actually spend time with family besides uh, the ones that are, of course, away from home that I'm not able to, but um we don't really get too much interaction because of this whole thing. We all have our own little secluded areas that we go in. So it's nice to either video chat or just see outside the door them and talking. And it's really shaped a different way in forming relationships to the ones closest to you. Yeah. And it's been a little rough to adjust to that. But at the same time, you find it very respectable not to want anything to happen to your loved ones or others around you. 
<clears throat> so I'm taking this adjustment really well. Um, I see a lot of people that aren't and you can influence them as much as possible to do the right things. But whether yeah. they see eye to eye with you or not is, I mean, everyday basis. But That's on them. <laughs> That's not on you, right? Just be right. the positive that you can be. Exactly. You spread that positivity. You see, you just spread it to one person, that one person spreads it to the next person, and you can start a chain of just love. Yeah. Hell yeah. So do you think that, like, the all of a sudden going to talking to like your loved ones and your close family on like video chat and stuff do you think that's something you'll continue to do even when like the economy opens up and we're all allowed to like talk to each other do you think this this is like a shift that you'll keep doing like more business this way or pleasure this way or just like communicating with family that you'd otherwise like be at their house every other day hanging out yeah absolutely not i don't see a shift in me continuing yeah. voice chats and st- well not voice chats like this but like communication wise over online i'd much yeah. rather be able to uh, see my family like every other right. day for something yeah and <clears throat> i know a lot of people are just like wondering like exactly what they're gonna do because they've been stuck at home, quarantined, surrounded by internet. And it's going to be hard to really wing themselves off of it when they've grown so accustomed to it. <laughs> so uh, earlier when my internet went out, my kids lost it. <laughs> They're like, where's the it? Wi-Fi? Where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord, they're hooked. Right, Our only communication tool has been the Wi-Fi for a month and now the Wi-Fi is down and the world is ending. Oh, I laughed <laughs> You caught hard. a glimpse of it, man. <laughs> People are definitely going to lose it when that shit goes down. Yes. Oh, oh my. Yeah. I, I see this like in business and like commerce, like moving to this type of system where it's all remote and all hands off makes sense but the personal relationships we have to get back to hugging each other exactly like i need to anyway for my sanity absolutely but at the same time i i do agree with you um i do see a shift in higher up companies or just companies in general maybe like ceos and like under ceos but having these meetings over zoom and uh right you don't need anything else you don't need everybody to get in a car and burn fossil fuels to drive to a building that you all consider and have a quick meeting and eat donuts together like all that can be done from home or a home office or any of those type of things and then you're not it's just so wasteful to move humans around when we don't need to so much so many times and Mm -hmm. i know a couple of the homies in here I've already we're doing remote work and so it's not a huge shift but for some of us it definitely will be I am actually starting a new career yeah um I talked to my new boss today and set it all up but it's real estate and it's now real estate being sold like 
in this post-COVID world where it all has to be done like from a distance and it's going to be a really weird learn time to learn a new career <laughs> but dude, i'm uh, doing well, it dude i give you uh so much credit for it because you are uh you are becoming part of this movement that i have been seeing actually a lot with real estate agents the the more i uh, don't like saying this but smarter ones uh <laughs> doing this uh kind of virtual walkthrough of the homes and uh more or less just leaving the paperwork inside uh you know their mailboxes and having them sign this about how the covid has came to a point where we can't walk you in the homes anymore and right. you have to sign it and basically trust that real estate agent to show you all the odds and ends in a home that you would want yeah I was looking at the state regulations that Vermont had put, and it's just like, wow, it's going to be hard for, like, a normal person to buy a home for a while. For, like, the rich person buying a second home or investment property, none, nothing changes. They never looked at them in the first place. They were just yeah. like, how much income can it, can it make from renting it? I'll buy it. Here's cash. And that's, like, most of the deals around where I am look like that. But, like, the normal home buyer... Like, you want to see where your family is going to, like, grow up. You want to, like, look around and make sure the closet space is good enough. And to, like, have to buy a house without getting that intimate time to look at it. Oh, no, that's a big investment to do sight, and, sight unseen. So, it's going to be interesting. Yes. It's going to be weird. But the virtual thing is awesome. And I've already been into VR and, like, doing 3D design and stuff just because I think it's fun and cool art but it would definitely be cool to use that technology to like walk people through houses and like you know meet up with them on vr and like take them on a tour of the property you know you can do it from anywhere to be super cool i've worried about the ethics of like it's not showing the real property you know it's just showing a digital image of it and it can be manipulated so easily so that I think there's like some ethical line that you gotta like toy with slightly, but definitely gonna completely change that industry for at least a few years. It's gonna be weird. It is, and I agree with you that they can be very manipulative on digital. Yeah. And I mean, if push comes to shove, I mean, obviously the ones that are looking at the house could go. <clears throat> to the house i mean apparently you'd have to sign the paperwork saying that you don't know if the person right. that was in here before you had the COVID or not and that it was in the household uh wow yeah that's crazy so in a lot of other countries they're doing like tracking with like like in china they have the they have some app that everybody uses and it's like the government uses it to dispense information this mewe or whatever app and in those countries they're like actually tracking who has it and then who comes in contact with who and giving out warnings and giving like you're a red level risk you're a yellow level risk you're a green level risk and looking at that from like a step back and not get emotional about how my feelings are about that, it's interesting yeah. to think like that 
that could really shut down a virus without like needing vaccines and stuff. If you could just isolate it, just using technology, but it removes so much freedom that to do that here where our government isn't trusted by a majority of the people, it's just, you're never gonna, never gonna get that, that level of support that you would need to take everyone's freedom away. <laughs> My freedoms. Everybody loves their freedom, and we work on that every single day. Yeah, we need to love our freedoms, for sure. Anybody else want to chime in on uh, on any of that? I know you're all hanging out. Yeah, uh, there's a lot there. Not sure where to begin. Um I just pipe in anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing, just to segue off that last um, little topic of, of freedom, it, some of this has gotten me thinking about, like, you know, that what what's considered freedom and what's considered, you know, taking away freedom. And sometimes it feels to me like there's a bit of a, a limited uh, definition or view of what freedom entails and that if you're in a society where, um, say Sweden, for example, and, and it might not be a perfect analogy. I don't know everything about the culture there, but where there's there's kind of like an in, inherent um, re- maybe respect for others and for the community as a whole that that ends up manifesting as you know more people you know don't need to say just for example be told by the government that you know you should wear a mask in this situation and they they just naturally would do it because you know, science shows it makes sense or whatever in, in a certain situation. And it's almost like there's a part of me that sees that as like a, a more free society, um, like a level for a level deeper or something, because you can, you know, for example, feel free to, to go out into these situations and, and just have an understanding that your humanity is going to be respected by others in these ways where here, you know, someone, might need to be forced to do the same thing and or mandated to do the same thing and if then when they do it's like you know there's an uproar about freedom being taken away but your freedom to to go to the grocery store in a a safe context you know might not be as freedom and and i i think freedom's kind of like often talked about or at least you know in the circles where i see it or something like on social media whatever people are talking about freedom in this context where it's like a, a one-dimensional definition or view of freedom and it, it doesn't mm-hmm. go a level deeper and I, I see some advantages and you know it's all as everything it's all super complex and nuanced like when you know when it feels like an overreach or when it feels you know warranted and all that but when I just look at a more evolved let's say culture as a whole evolved according to a spiral dynamics model um yeah there there are some ways that that freedom evolves along with that i think and you know i i've kind of hoped maybe watching this whole thing that, that that comes out a little bit more and that maybe that's perceived more as like a form of freedom and i i can't say i've really seen it like discussed as such and and kind of viewed in that way openly by others mm-hmm. so i'm not necessarily optimistic that that will become like a consensus or anything but just just an observation on that that topic of freedom um, like yeah. I, I personally no, I think... appreciate. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ramble on. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think uh, that the more the more freedom the people feel they have, the more willing they be to like buy into a or opt into a system that would that would grant them greater consistency and that kind of, you know, mm. healthcare type stuff. Uh, I think it's a weird, a weird two way street where the trust has to be had on both sides. The, the people have to trust their leadership and their leadership has to trust that the people are going to do what they're going to do. And there's some societies that are really standing out now around the world where it just works better because the people have trust in their systems. We're seeing systems like Sweden and South Korea. And it's just like places where people have a, a trust in their system that I can't fathom. Like I, I've grown up in this system and most of the others I've spent any time in have been in the middle East and nobody trusts anything over there. <laughs> so it's like a, to, to picture a system where there's like this inherent trust in it is like, it'd be so cool. It would be like to be able to just track each other and like, know that nobody's doing it nefariously. We just want to all make sure we keep each other safe. Like that's a cool system to opt into, but there's no way I'm opting into a, this system like that. Cause I know what they'll do with that information. I've seen it. They sell it to the highest bidder and use it to increase their pocket. what they do. It's mm. interesting. It's yeah. interesting. Such a trust thing. Hey, like my, my first reaction to hearing like that that whole use of data in that form is like, you know, it's pretty cool. Like, and theoretically, what data is capable of accomplishing data combined with technology? And I think, you know, if if it were used in a very evolved, like respectful way, um, you know, that could just go a long way in, in increasing everybody's like freedom and safety at the same time. It wouldn't have to be such a, a continuum with two opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, the way it's often viewed. And right. I just remembered I was introduced mm -hmm. myself. Um, animal energy here for the recording. <laughs> cool. Thanks for tagging your, your voice. That will be helpful. Yeah. So, uh, Technology, I think, is uh, my favorite topic to talk about on any of this stuff, though. So technology, yeah. being able to track it, technology making us able to do this. Like 1918 or whatever, they didn't have the ability to all quarantine at home. They would have all starved to death. So it's cool that our technology even allows this type of overreaction, if, even if you think it's an overreaction. We're allowed to have this. We're able to. Our society can somehow print money and give it to all of us when we like, yeah. when we like are in desperate need of it. They can literally print it and just give it to us. Like we're, uh, yeah, we're damn lucky to have a system that's in place as flawed as it is. So, uh, I don't know. Technology is what's made most of that possible. The printing money, I don't know how they do that, but. I would like to know how that sorcery works. I could share an article with you recently awesome. on that. It was like a list that I had, but it was it was super interesting. Yeah, no, I I I've definitely tried to read stuff on it, and I just don't. I just 
I don't understand how you can inflate with so much and balance it out ever, but I guess they can because they just did it. Right. Something's got to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are other thoughts you guys are having? Well, technology, uh, thinking-wise, I believe the government's doing what they need to to wake up a lot of people on phone usage and computer usage and explore truly the internet for 10% of what it could really be. Um, I see a lot more people becoming more advanced though tech technologically. Um, whether that be with phones or computers or just virtual sets in general. Uh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I guess I don't, I, I didn't think about that side of things. I've always been such a nerd that plays with all my techie toys. There's a lot of people that probably didn't and now kind of got thrown into it, huh? Yes. Yeah. And I, Jesus, I feel, cool feel for those people. Yeah. I do, man. I'm, I've talked to it some is. of my guests, like my 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 wife's parents. They're uh, in their eighties, and talking to them on Skype is just hilarious. It's just funny. <laughs> they can't figure it out, but I I don't know. I there's a perspective I need to shift and take a look from the people that had had hid from technology that are being forced to consume everything through it now. Absolutely, uh, and it's just a uh, it's just weird how. The world really works around finding ways to more or less lessen our society in a sense. And I mean, I, the people that are being woken to technology is just like you said, like with your, with older people that are like, I don't know what I'm doing. The fact that they are trying to do it and trying to shift in that movement scares yeah. us a little bit, honestly. Yeah, because cool. most of us these days are stuck to our phones, not that we're absolutely forced to, but right. because we learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely going to connect some people that we're keeping it at a distance. That's, that's interesting to think about. Cool. But I would love to hear uh, from Animal, both of you guys, uh, how you guys view this technology movement really coming into play? Well, we're both tech yeah. researchers, so kind of uh, up our alley here, I think, like, for our job's sake, keep going tech, right? keep advancing, let's paying our bills. But um, I think that, like, I personally, it's kind of funny, like, I have a little bit of this old school mentality in that I think even though tech has a way to connect us more and obviously create so many new possibilities for us, which is exciting. I think that it can also, you know, take over real human connections in a way that I don't know that I mm. love so much. Taking over human jobs and taking over, like, I don't know. I, I think when you're sitting in a room with people and like half the people are just looking at their phone that, you know, you're not really present for that. You're just kind of observed in your own world. And I think like a few weeks ago, um, Anwell and I, we took like a whole week off from really being on our phones because we started feeling like we've been 
less present, and it was because we were consuming so much of this awesome content, most of it shared by T-Rex here, um, <laughs> like reading our heads down almost, and like we talk about things after, which is nice, but it was just kind of getting to me, like, wow, I, you know, it's already 10 o'clock, I've just been looking at my phone for an hour, how did that happen, that kind of thing, and I see that happening a lot, like, when I'm with my parents now, it's just funny, they're, you know, older, they're so into their phones, and I'm the one sitting there like, hello, like, I'm, you know, you're going to talk to me, I'm right here kind of thing, it's like the roles have reversed now that I'm an adult, so, I don't know, there's, there's so many pros, but there are also some cons, like, I, I love a phone conversation over a text conversation, like, I'm that kind of person, so it's sort of where I'm coming from, how about you? Yeah. I will say when we took a, a it wasn't like a 100% shutting off the phones, but it was just like um, really only looking at the phone. Like we got texted or got an email or something. Some There was some reason to do it other than proactively you know, getting on there and seeing what we could get into or something. And it it felt like a fucking tolerance break from weed. Like yeah. right now, it like I this analogy comes to mind because I haven't smoked weed in like a day and a half. Almost two, Almost two days yeah. for the first time I'll in a take while. The rip. And I, what's that? I'll take a rip for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love weed, and it's been months since I've done this. But I will say, like, I have, I feel like I have a, a I don't know, maybe some of it's placebo, but like a clearer, um, a clearer mind during the day already than, than I normally would have when I'm smoking a lot at night. And it's like, I definitely intend to get back to smoking weed regularly after probably a few days of this, but um, it's, it was refreshing to have a break. And I think being away from the phone was kind of like that. It's like, there's a lot of great applications and, you know, up for a phone and, you know, yeah. you get so much from the content and the communication and connection with others that way, especially during this time, but there's something refreshing about getting away from it. So yeah, I think, that I think that the really, digital you know, detox thing is real. It's necessary at times. And I yeah, think it and, was made obvious to me that my kids need it when the Wi-Fi went out and they had a meltdown. I think uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we can definitely get to a point where we feel like it's like part of us and we can't let go of it. And you need it so bad, just like weed. It's the same thing. You're, you're so spot on there. Yeah, like my two-year-old niece like bought an iPad for Christmas. Like I just think it's... <laughs> over so much you know it's like to make her calm she needs to have this device in front of her and this constant interaction and like I don't know I think that they can be really great educational tools when used with like intention but for it to just be shoved in a two-year-old space anytime she's going a little crazy I don't know how I feel about that you know it's yeah. you know, personal choices that people make, and I'm not judging it's just kind of like I don't I don't know that I would want to handle it that way but I don't know I'm not a parent yet so it's hard to say I think yeah, the more the, I, whole, uh, sorry. the whole parenting thing is just crazy anyway, because it's like, it, does it work? It might. I don't know. With this kid, it might work, and that kid, it might not. And when this mood, this kid, this day, like, you never know what's going to what's gonna help a kid and what's going to hurt a kid. They're a mess. I have a 13-year-old son, so he has uh, definitely screwed up my idea of what raising children is like <laughs> he's a I assume that we'll <laughs> I assume we'll, we'll probably you know use screens as babysitters or whatever sometimes too so I don't feel any like judgment towards that but I just for my own self like I I think that 
almost the more I, I get in the habit of using my phone, it increases my ADD or something. It's like I'll, you know, go let the dog out, stand out there for a minute, and I could just be present and take in the outside, and I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll check my phone while I'm waiting for it. And it becomes such a habit that I, it's like my mind gets primed to need some, something stimulating it, you know, and even in just like a minute of downtime that, you know, that starts to become more and more of a habit and a default and I do it involuntarily and all that. So that's, that's like the type of thing that I really want to uh, yeah. get away from. I was actually yeah, no, thinking I'm earlier, not. I listen to so many podcasts that sometimes when I just like go out and do a chore or do a job and I'm not listening to a podcast and I'm like having my own internal dialogue that it almost scares me. I'm always like, oh, what's going on? I need to listen to a podcast right now. I need to listen <laughs> to a book. I need somebody else's voice inside my head. This is weird. This is weird. And I need to detox from that sometimes, too. Because I really do get in this place where I'm, like, constantly needing input. And any time that's, like, not on the cushion. Because meditation, I can get into my no-mind state pretty quick. Yes. But, like, just in normal life, like, I'm, like always needing input put something in no matter what i'm doing i need to be learning or listening or yeah i uh i think that's a detox i need to take the thing with Absolutely. comparing it to the weed thing though is when you stop smoking weed for a few days or weeks or whatever and then go back to it it's like the coolest high ever and i don't get that when yeah. i take like breaks from the phone i don't come back and be like this is so amazing <laughs> yeah dude no. i wish it was a little Absolutely more epic not. like that because <laughs> yeah. you get high for the first time after a few days and you're like holy shit this is the coolest thing ever and then like three days into being high all the time you're like why do i do this again <laughs> and then you take a break and you're like holy shit it's amazing <laughs> it's a great cycle to get into i, I like taking breaks just for that we're already uh, anticipating yeah. that. We're like, we do it. Should we, you know, wait until Friday not to smoke again? It's like, oh, maybe, maybe Thursday. And it's like, it is kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And you, I do you guys find have the ocean important. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I do find it very important though that you sell, you set yourself self limits to what you're trying to accomplish and the fact that you're pushing forward that intention and will that more or less evolves you more as a human spiritually or in general uh i literally missed out on a lot of what you guys were just talking about so word word we're just rambling i'm best at yeah Oh, weed detoxing. Yeah, that's that was definitely that's the topic. What I there. On. Yeah, it was. We were talking about taking tea breaks and how great it is to get high um, afterwards. Not absolutely. taking the break. That part sucks. <laughs> I I don't look at it so much as taking break. I like I just said. I I feel as if that's a self uh, care type of thing that you're wanting to do that for yourself. Yeah. And right. Right. Not so much just to enjoy that high even more that you already do on a daily basis or every other day or 
however right. you go to really so enjoy you... each one yeah yes yeah i feel you i feel you yeah, I was actually saying earlier, I'm like excited about seeing this break, which is weird. It's not something that usually comes out of my mouth, but I'm just like excited to connect to, you know, a few days of shoulder life again and remember what that feels like and maybe be productive in ways that I'm not used to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If it's from it, that as like this miserable time or something. <laughs> I feel like it's interesting you you had referenced meditation earlier and I, I felt like when we detoxed from the phones, it was almost like a meditative thing to me because in all these moments that I would normally be checking my phone, able to just be, and there was, I was not always filling it with something else, you know, and my mind was suddenly just there by itself. And it, it was like a, a almost like an involuntary form of meditation. Um, that yeah. Was the result of Each- doing that. Each time that you, like, have that urge, it's like forced meditation. You have to, like, see the thought and let it go and then just sit in it. That's, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the the life of yeah. distractions. It doesn't matter what the distraction is, right? There was a point whenever yeah, I, I felt, first met I felt wife. like there was a parallel with that. Sorry, I, I keep, go for keep it, talking dude. over you guys. <laughs> I felt like there another parallel with um you know the the weed break where so far i I notice now like in a situation where i'd definitely normally be high like just you know chilling outside on the deck um like suddenly i'm just there with my sober mind it's like oh i can appreciate all you know the nature around me or whatever in in a little bit of a different way and and not feel like i I think i I get this association in my mind that like certain things just go well with weed and weed is like what of enhances them or something and it's yeah. nice to disconnect those associations and, and really have it be like you know, not the basis for appreciating things but just something that enhances them sometimes if that makes any sense yeah definitely like just enjoying it for oh yeah no the the line link to meditation to there of just having to face those distractions and like turn it down and let it pass and oh it's such a battle it's such a battle sorry luke what were you what were you chiming in there fella no you're good um i was just saying there was a time when i first uh met my wife that i didn't have a phone i had a house phone it's not the same i don't have the internet at my fingertips and so Ooh. i'd always look forward to going home and being able to message her on facebook but it it was I totally understand what you're saying about it being meditative. Yeah, my wife have a cell phone. She refuses, and she that's impressive. That computer, is uses the doesn't like it. She calls, and she likes with me. <laughs> but she doesn't have. She doesn't like it at all. She never has. She never. She's a mud about it. Oh, I, I get that. Cool. Keep against it, and it keeps me in check because I can't on my phone all the time as much as I do often. It's not constant because I have somebody in my house that doesn't use one at all. Mm. It and I don't for sure. A side note: uh, animal energy 
I can hear you clearly, um, but when uh, when your significant other speaks, it's kind of blurry. So maybe if uh, you could move the mic closer. Yeah, and not to not to cut off you guys by any means, but kind of like how Luke just brought up, like having a not having a cell phone but having land phones. Um, I just was talking the other day with a person about um, bringing them back and how, like, I'm surprised no company has really tried bringing landlines back to call other people, but being consumed so much in the electronic movement, I don't see that being a possibility anymore. <clears throat> and uh, it just really stumped me for a second because it made me stop and think and how awesome it used to be when there was landlines and not a lot of us were grown up to a landline in general we got introduced to phones when we were just being born into this world and um, I'm not exactly sure how old everybody is I don't view age as a thing but uh I, I'm 25, and I was born into maybe three or four years of using a landline phone. Yeah. Four or five, you know? And, yeah, I'm older than you, so I, 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 like, grew up talking on the phone where you had a cord stretched across the house. Like, that yeah, was definitely yeah. my childhood. It's, it's, and my kids, they'll never see a phone like that. So it happened quick. It happened really quick. And I'm on a cell phone. Everybody's got one of those. It evolved so fast. I dig it. I like all my toys. <laughs> yeah, cyborgs. I'm into it completely. So, an idea I heard that I I'll, I'll finish our conversation t- talking about this. Uh, this idea I heard uh, on a podcast recently. I'll share it later. But it was they were talking about green and red zones. And they were using it to talk about how they were thinking that there was going to be this push to to lighten urban areas and move to rural areas. And they could break us all up into zones to like how dangerous or how high risk an area is. And then people would be free to move to areas that were less risky. And this would like... Mm bring people out into rural areas and using technology we could expand into uh out of urban dense populations and using these systems of zones that people could opt into uh to like you know signify how like new york city would be a red zone because there's just too many people on top of each other but like Glens Falls, New York, which isn't far away, could be a green zone. I don't know. What do you guys think of ideas like that to to kind of, instead of looking at the whole country as we have a risk, we must all face it together. Could it be something that we could break up into zones and such? Uh, well, just in my opinion, I see that really not happening because people have tendencies of overthinking a lot of situations which can really affect your mind thought process and the whole ordeal of moving out from being so much close to people because we as humans have 
grown so accustomed to being close to another human. I mean, a lot of houses are 10, 20 feet apart uh, in the city, at least, because I'm talking from being in a city. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I see it very hard for people to break a habit that this government society has really made us grown accustomed to living in this such system that we have neighbors that are close to us that we re we can rely on or the ones that we can really be friends with in a sense and there's a lot of disruption in the communities but at the same time this whole red green yellow or, i mean red green yeah but uh, yeah, yeah. I see it as a good a good movement if we could really stick on the objective of really looking into it and reading about it and not just hearing what we can over the news. Um, yeah, go ahead. I want to hear you. Yeah. What do you think in animal energy? <laughs> or anybody? Um, I mean, it's definitely interesting in, in theory. I feel like there, and I just said this on mute to my wife, I, that, you know, I don't get, trying to think of it systemically, like really what is at the heart of why people are so clustered in urban areas. Because um, it, it's like something, I think something other than being a lower risk area would, would have to be there. And, and I don't know. People cluster in urban areas, like you know, for a combination of factors, including like you know convenience and opportunities. opportunities. Yeah, like jobs are able to really like hire you as remote from the start or something, and you can live wherever. Maybe that that helps address some of that. But it's it's like there've got to be a lot of factors that have it the way it currently is, and I've got to think that it take more than just that to really effectively spread people out more. And I, I feel like I, I don't just, really bizarre. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I, uh, I, I, my perspective is as skewed as I'm sitting on a porch right now listening to coyotes howling. Like, I'm not around people, and I don't, I, I don't enjoy being around a lot of people. So I'm always thinking of why aren't people leaving those big compacted cities? Why does everybody want to live on top of each other? It's insane to me. Uh, so it's interesting to hear uh, other thoughts on it. There, there are reasons people live in those cities. And I just, I can't fathom it. I don't understand. I want to. Now but like the I large gatherings and stuff, you're not allowed to do any of that anymore. I, I would always say I go to cities for like concerts and stuff. Well, concerts are like going to be a weird, rare thing, I think now. So like there's no... If it, the social life becomes weird there, that that would be a lot of motivation for me to leave a city if I was still in one. But I don't know. But no concerts. Oh, I only heard you for a second, and then you broke up. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I don't know.
microphone. I don't know. I, I was going to say before, I think it has something to do with, like, the vibrancy, like, culture in cities, like, especially for young people, you know, like, people who are just start trying to start their careers or whatever yeah. it may be, you know, they're not married yet or, I don't know, they want to be, you know, in the nightlife in this busy city with a lot of options of things to do and where to, I don't know, their energy and see it. Right. You know, they have an established career. They have maybe those are times you can be more like out of those situations. Like not everyone are young, but I don't know. I think right. that's the draw towards maybe people set their lives up in those areas and and then they stay there. You know, you know how. Yeah, I think there. that's I think that's definitely true. Yeah, people flee to the suburbs and middle age and all that. But now that nightlife being removed, like it has just. Like the social life, the social everything's moving online. So if that's the part that moves online, that that reduces the amount that it is the draw to the city. I don't know. I find it interesting to think about. Still, people are gonna have. Still, people are gonna have even if it's all online, like you know, fewer Tinder matches in their radius. <laughs> Right, right. So when right. one life is at a certain or whatever, I see that being hard to to have like the same appeal of of you know more distant from others. Yeah, no, that's true. I I don't often consider the perspective of the tender dates. I guess I should throw that into my my system every so often. Remember, there's a bunch of lonely people out there trying to get laid. Oh. Oh my! All right. Well, I love you guys. And this has been a fun night, and I plan on doing this every Tuesday just because I need to talk to people, and you guys are the people I want to talk to. So, please keep coming back and keep 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 chatting with us. So it's uh, it's not so much um, post COVID as it is covid now right so like right things things might go back to normal but this might be the normal we're already yeah. doing what what people are may have to do you know talking in group chats and and yeah. uh, meeting up online virtual reality is coming guys heck yeah i got it buy one Give the quest they're awesome Everybody, if yeah. all my friends had those, I'd be real friggin' happy. That'd be cool. We could do all this on <laughs> VR. Buy a Quest. They're like 300 bucks. It's a great investment. I'm, I'm not a salesman. I get no profits from <laughs> selling this. Just get I, one. They're awesome. I plan oh. on it. I'll save up eventually. Uh, <laughs> right on. Well, love you all. Have a great evening. And, Love you uh, too. And, uh, thank you for everybody joining this space of just consciousness. Yeah. Consciousness. Thanks for joining us, man. So glad you showed up. All right, I'm out. Love you guys. See you.